Hi, good evening, everybody. Today is Monday, June 29th, 2020. You're listening or watching another edition of Forward Maryland. With me is my intrepid co-host, Jason Booms. Hey, everybody. Weekend. Say what? How was your weekend? You know, it was awesome. Um, with all of this uh, free time I'm having, I'm really discovering uh, some new slash old music. Um, uh, really been paying a lot of attention to Weezer's Red album. Uh, a very enjoyable departure that, from their uh, earlier oeuvre. Uh, and it's only 12 years old, so I'm getting increasingly more modern every single day. That is, that is excellent. Um, uh, speaking, speaking on behalf of my weekend, I will tell you that I uh, uh, attempted a new breakfast on Sunday morning, and uh, may I recommend against uh, gunpowder as a topping for oatmeal. <laughs> not that appetizing. Literal gunpowder? Actual gunpowder, yeah. <laughs> Is there a backstory to this, or not really? Uh, it's just generally giving up hope on society. <laughs> everything is just is just out of hand uh, but but uh you know we we talk about a lot of serious issues on the podcast and you know there's certainly been a lot going on this year has been a historic year and uh in many ways not in good ways and uh, we thought that we would have you know tie in some of the seriousness of the year uh, with something that is an issue that Jason and I and our guests uh, have a lot of knowledge and appreciation of, which is the sports life. So uh, joining us from a undisclosed location where uh, apparently that is none other than Mr. Neil Young playing in the background, we bring you this evening, uh, True Believers, Baltimore, Washington sports journalist, Marty Nyland. Marty. Well, Marty's on mute. Marty, you're on mute. <laughs> my first, my first Zoom foul. I was not even 10 seconds in. Oh, my. He started. Oh, my. Bill, shoot two. Oh, that's all right. That's flagrant. All right. Yeah, we're going back to the 70s where we got three chances to make two. Three to make two. That was that was a flagrant foul. I, I beg your pardon, and I beg your pardon, and I beg everyone in the audience's pardon. Yes, Bill, it's it's great to see you. So, so Marty, we are we are um, you know we have seen sports in the world start to uh, ramp up, uh, start to come alive again. The European, all almost all of the major European soccer leagues uh, are now going. If I'm not mistaken i believe the french uh, league is is the only one that decided to cancel play all the other major leagues are are still are are going with abbreviated and and compressed schedules i know the the british league is doing nine games in a month um you know i i know in talking for the pre-show i know we 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 talked about a little bit about the various sports leagues that are all going um, NASCAR, of course, is going. Uh, the WNBA is planning to set, uh, and NBA are planning to do a uh, league starting in July. Um, we have the uh, 
W uh, USA and the MLS who are actually doing tournaments to uh, to decide their uh, their uh, champion for the season. Uh, we have the NFL who is planning on doing a uh, a uh, regular still regular season on schedule, although the uh, Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game, has been canceled. The NHL is doing a tournament. And Major League Baseball just announced its 60-game uh, season. And that's to speak nothing of the individual's other sports like horse racing and UFC and et cetera, boxing, et cetera. Marty, being a veteran sports journalist, what, what do you make of this, and I dare use this word, unprecedented time? I, I, I still look at this whole thing very very wondrously and 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 skeptically and 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 i'm i'm i still it's still hard to wrap my head around the idea of playing any kind of a sports season in in u.s culture um i i think the way the countries where it's succeeding that's outside the united states have much different protocols for COVID-19, as you all know. They're all, in, in South Korea, there's a lot of contact tracing, uh, a, lot of <clears throat> a lot of public uh, displays telling people everyone's temperature. It, it's, it's a much different type of response to COVID-19 than we have in the United States. So um, I don't know that we can say, well, they've started baseball in Korea and they've played you know, 40 games so far, and nothing bad has happened. So we can do that here in the United States. Uh, they're, they're much different. We, we have much different cultures and much different ways and effective and measures of effectiveness against the COVID-19 pandemic. So what do you think about this potting concept that a lot of the leagues, I know the, the NBA, WNBA, NHL are planning to do, which is to house players in either a city, or I guess not potting, but hubbing, right. in, either in a location or in the case of the NHL, I think three locations, keep all the teams there, do a lot of testing, uh, have all the teams playing, and you know there would be uh, pools of players to choose from in case anybody uh, comes down positive, that person would be stuck in the quarantine and someone from the pool to come back. What do you, what do you, does that not seem like a more viable option? Yeah, it seems, it seems like that is the most effective way to deal with it if, if it's appropriate. Um, for a, t a game like basketball, it certainly is much more appropriate to house all the players in the whole league. They could probably all stay in one hotel. Uh, a Major League Baseball roster, no, you're not going to keep 20, 26 players from 30 teams in, in the same location. They're, they, they have, they're too many different things. But if you have, if you have a situation where, where it, it, it seems right, right now like testing is, is not an, it, the issue that it used to be in, in terms of access. So if, if players are getting access to tests, they're not necessarily taking access to tests away from other people who need it much more much more directly to impact their lives. Um, I think that's a, that's a good step, but I, I think that they also have to, to very seriously try to control the number of people who are 
on the premises and in the building uh, to, uh, uh, to, to limit exposure as much as possible. Jason, do you have any questions? Well, I did have one question actually, just it came to mind. Uh, talk about media coverage for just a moment. Uh, I was just thinking how painful it started to get in uh, late February, well, really March of this year. I'd listen, I'd go out for my drive down from uh, the outskirts of Baltimore to DC every day and just hear the topics of conversation thinning on some of the sports uh, shows. Uh, how do you think media coverage is going to be impacted uh, by COVID-19 and the ability to cover sports? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with one of my former colleagues uh, who, who is still active in, in sports journalism, and, and uh, he's told me that, that game coverage is, is going to change. Uh, they're not going to, there's not going to be any more clubhouse access uh, for, for, um, for, for media. Now, it's, it's possible to say, well, they're only doing this one year, but it's very, very rare that uh, a club is going to give up some sort of access that it, it just took back. Uh, so I, I, I'd expect the way, the, the way the media interacts with the players is going to change. Uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot more of the model of the team, uh, team media playing a, a more prominent role in team sponsored media playing a more prominent role in the coverage that you see. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, unfortunately I think it will, it will lead to fewer uh, and uh, less diverse voices uh, covering the games and uh, and 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 bringing you the bringing you their viewpoints. Um, but that's Marty. I mean, in, in your opinion, and I and I know we want to dig into uh, our our favorite, uh, all three of our I think maybe our favorite sport of, of baseball, and not too long in a, in a you know in a moment. But you know, what do you think? is the primary or at the very least the top couple of factors driving all of this return to play? I mean, is it, is it advertising? Is it broadcasting? Is it, you know, building the national morale? Is it well, especially, well, is it competition? Is it, well, you know, is it, uh, is it, you know, uh, you know, giving, uh, you know, it, it, what what is it is it the the sanctity of the various sports leagues not to have an interrupted incomplete or canceled season i mean i mean it, it seems like it bill it seems like i mean to me you, you want to go back through history and you can look at how sports is a rallying point or a, a point of resilience for america for american fans you go you go uh you can go all the way back to, and you say the Olympics in 1972, there were people who were kidnapped and murdered at those Olympics, athletes, and the games went on. They finished. Um, in, 19, in World War II, uh, they wanted to shut baseball down uh, to contribute to the war effort, but it was considered to be a good morale boost for the rest of the nation to have baseball. So, the, so baseball went on during the war years. Uh, uh, even recently, the Olympic Park bombing, uh, 1996 Olympics, the games went on after that. Um, there, there are a lot, I think sports wants, sports, people want to see sports as an opportunity to, uh, 
to rally around a common cause. And uh, when, you, when you're in times like these, uh, a war or a pandemic or, or, or something where, where people feel like they're worried more about their fellow Americans, then they're going to want something to rally around. And that, that thing has been sports. Um, mm. A quick question. I'm just curious. Uh, what's what's your current over under on how many games Cam Newton's going to start for the Patriots in the fall? Ooh, well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, you're just this. This is just leading me into the the, the next point that I wanted to make. That, that despite all that, this situation may be beyond our control to handle that. And and I'll, I'm going to put this the way I I'm going to put this the way I did in in in, uh, in federal baseball. I, I have a fear that the season is going to be interrupted, that all the, all the major uh, sports, American sports, are going to be interrupted uh, by a, another outbreak uh, in September or October. Uh, and uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor and I don't, I don't do I can't forecast these things. It's just something that I feel like we need to be concerned about. And, and th there are already players in, in Major League Baseball now who have come out and said, I'm not playing in the 2020 season. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman made the announcement today. Uh, he's a, a longstanding first baseman for the Washington Nationals. He's, uh, he's played every season of the franchise's history. And uh, he, he came back this year on a one-year contract. Uh, but he has a, a newborn, newborn child in the house uh, and uh, among his three children. And uh, his mother, of course, has multiple sclerosis, and he has a, a foundation to, to benefit MS research. Um, but he, she's considered very high risk, and he would have to go months without seeing her. Uh, and I don't, you know, a situation like that, you have to weigh your family's concerns. Um, Joe Ross of the Nats is also... Uh, uh, said that he's not going to play in the 2020 season, and um, we had uh, uh, one of the one of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Mike Leak, said that he's not going to play in the 2020 season. So uh, you know you've already got some players, at least in baseball, who are saying it's okay. I don't think I don't think it's going to work for for health for me health wise. So uh, we'll sit this one out. Well, but you know. And, and, and to follow up on Jason's point, I mean, and on your point, Marty, I mean, there have already been several NBA players who have said they're not going to be part of the restarted season. Yes. And there's going – and uh, one of the teams in the WUSA, I want to say the Portland team, uh, withdrew from their league's tournament because I think three or four players of that team came down with the coronavirus, and so the whole team's gone. So could you see, like – some sort of bizarro world, you know, quasi rollerball like situation where, <laughs> you know, I mean, you see like a weird scenario, like the New England Patriots have to forfeit their season because a lot of team because a lot of players are 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 sick. Or, right. you well, know I, I mean I, in in that situation I think they just they just call a halt to the season and throw their hands up and say, We're we're gonna quit till next year. I mean, to be honest with you, March with the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you make about this 60 game baseball season, Marty? I mean, do you think that 
there could at least be that that could at least have a chance to to get to where it's going, at least complete a regular season. And do you think with the 60-game schedule, I mean, do you think the season's going to really have any meaning? I mean, let's say, for example, the Orioles go nuts, go 40-20, and 20 and make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a fun, a fun 2020 baseball season. But the, the thing is, is okay, so we know that t- the, the 2020 baseball season is going to start. They've already committed to, to, to playing games, and they've already committed. They, they have, we have an opening day matchup between the Yankees and the Washington Nats and Garrett Cole right. and Max Scherzer, and, and they're already hyping this, okay? So you, 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 you have to understand one thing. Uh, they're, they're, playing, they're playing a season so they won't lose money. I mean, ultimately they've said if they don't play a season – they will lose money and it will be a financial disaster. So they have to have a pretty good incentive to start up a season that they know very well and that there's a lot of evidence might be interrupted again. So, uh, so you, 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 have to, you have to imagine that they've got a financial incentive up front to do so, that, they're, that they're, they've already taken a calculated risk and they're going to say, well, even if we start up and shut down again, I'm still not going to lose as much money as I would if we didn't play a whole season in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where, that's where the owners are. That's where the baseball owners are, 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 are going with this. That's, that's their, their standpoint. Um, the standpoint of the players is, is that they've, uh, they've already, um, <clears throat> they've already relaxed. They've already, excuse me. They've already gone through all their, efforts to increase their revenues, right? Uh, I mean, the baseball players were, they're, they're, the players in the, in the contract negotiations, their major point was how, if, if they're going to have prorated salaries and play a certain, and be paid by the game, basically, they want to play as many games as possible for the benefit of, uh, of, of, of all the players. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, that there's a, there's a, a strong motivation for players to not participate um, if they don't feel safe. And I think that a lot of the players who are going to play, many of them are going to be guys who might not make a major league roster in a regular season. Um, and these are guys who are not making $2 million a year. These are guys who are career minor leaguers. And this might be their only chance they ever get to play major league baseball. So, um, in 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 a situation like that, you know, a guy like that who's who who might not who might be out of out of baseball otherwise in the future, who knows? Uh, I know I know we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit, but um, you know, guys like that, you know, they're going to have their chance to play in the big leagues, and uh, if people are going to watch them, then uh, I, I guess the the owners and commissioner Manfred feel like they have to. Uh, to gin up the game a little bit more and make it a little more exciting, at least from, from their standpoint. So we've, we're going to have a universal DH. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a runner on second base at the start of every half inning after the ninth, or, or is it, I'm sorry, maybe it's after the 12th. Uh, but they're, they're, they're going to get, they're going to give teams a chance to, to score a run without putting a runner on base. Uh, and, uh, new rules. I mean, what what think you of these new rules? I I do not like them. I think they're gimmicks. <laughs> I think they're tricks. Um, I, I I understand everyone's argument for the uh, a designated hitter, but I disagree with it. 
um, and, and and I will always like to see baseball played uh, the way it was played for many years before the DH. So, what if doctoring uh, of the baseball were allowed? I, I'm sorry. What if doctoring of the baseball were allowed as long as no bodily fluids were used? Oh, uh, I don't know. No, I'm. I, I, would, I would. I would not know because. Yeah, and I, they, they want to. They want to give as much advantage to the hitters as possible. Same. I mean, Dremel power drill. Power drill. <laughs> <laughs> Wade Don Sutton got in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, allow allow people with that, the whole toolkit out there on the mound. Is that that's right? Unfortunately, I think I think that the commissioner and and, and his his uh, his his owners want to uh, want to move the move the meter in favor of the hitters more so than the pitchers but, so maybe, maybe they'll allow maybe they'll allow the players to openly cork their bats <laughs> i'm gonna fight you again on this on this last point i made but jason first yeah I, I do have a question so thinking about the potential for the redistribution of talent that might occur as a result of people deciding to sit out the season um, as you mentioned earlier in World War II, we saw quirky things. The St. Louis Browns won the AL pennant, for God's sake. Yes, they sure um, did. And, my, and, of course, the impact of shorter seasons. Uh, unfortunately, my first season when I was a kid, I was really into baseball. It happened to be 1981, which I saw, what, 102, 103 games that year, I think. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, so, well, if you had to put your prediction ahead on now, given the 60-game season, and given all the quirks that might come with that, and any particular outcomes that you think we may expect to see in terms of uh, either individual performance or team performance this uh, truncated season? Well, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking based, based on what I know about baseball up through October 30th of 2019, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because it, it's, it's, it's really hard to see what baseball is going to be like moving forward. I mean, you know, there are some guys who are – who were traded and have a year left on their contracts. And if they decide to sit that out, then, uh, you, you know, that, that nullifies a whole trade that a team was, uh, a team was counting on. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think you'd, you'd have to like teams that have strong pitching, uh, strong starting pitching. Uh, I think you'd, I think you'd, you'd have to like teams uh, that have, have uh, veteran managers uh, who, who are going to know how to win games in the late innings. Uh, especially now, I mean, they're also they also have the new new rules limiting pitchers, where uh, a pitcher has to face at least three batters unless it's the end of an inning, and, and um, so uh, that that basically eliminates the use of the, the left-handed one-out guy, the loogie. Um, so uh, again, it, it it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a, a more of a sprint, and so it's gonna be more important to to establish a. a a winning style of baseball being if you're a dominant pitching team or or if you're a good hitting team or if you have a good bullpen but uh bullpens aren't going to be as taxed as they were uh in a 162 game season so you know certainly you're going to see you're going to see you're probably going to see starting pitchers going longer but but how but what do you think about the likelihood marty of of just something really whacked out happening and I mean, I'm talking about a 400 hitter. Sure. You know? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm sure there, there are going to be an example of some team who just gets really hot for 40 oh. games of the right. six, and they okay. wind up, you know, some team no one expected, and they wind up 40 and 20 
and they're in the playoffs, and they probably wind up beating the Dodgers in the playoffs because <laughs> – and, and, and then, you know, who knows where they go. No, I mean, no, no. You, it's sort well, of yeah. aberrational thing. You're absolutely – no, I, I mean, you can break a baseball season down into 60-game segments and see how different teams perform over those times. But or, or you can go back to that 1981 season that you were talking about I mean, there there were there there was a situation there. Both both the Cincinnati Reds uh, and, and the Baltimore Orioles uh, would have uh, made the playoffs and or won their respective divisions had they played a, a traditional season or, or not not split it into two halves, right? So uh, you, you already have an example right there of a shortened season where the outcome was changed from what might be expected or where or where the, the, the team with the best record didn't necessarily get a chance to play for the championship. So I, I, it could certainly happen here. It could certainly happen in this season. And uh, uh, there are, you know, especially if you have, you know, say, say example, a team with a, with a, a, a young pitcher that they don't have a book on yet uh, and, and is, uh, you know, going to come on like Fernando Valenzuela and, uh, and mow everybody down before anybody can figure out what they're throwing. Uh, a team like that's going to have a tremendous advantage, and 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 that could be a, that could be a team like the Orioles as well as a, a team. In fact, it's probably even more likely because a team like the Orioles is probably going to take more chances to to give young pitchers a chance to throw. One quick question: How many Astros hitters will be hit by a pitch this season? The same. Well, they set a new record within sixty games. <laughs> all forgiven because of the virus. Do, does everyone forgive the Astros? I don't know. I don't think. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that there are certainly there are certainly more important and more pressing issues now than than the, the the Astros cheating scandal. But I don't think people are going to forget about it when they play the Astros. The the the, the good thing is is there there are not going to be uh, fans there. So uh, there's not going to be the loud derision that that you're players are going to have to be used to get used to hearing in a normal season. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who, who knows how many players are going to take things into their own hands, but I also, I also have to wonder in a short season uh, where, where players are playing, even if they don't have to, if, if a guy is really going to take a chance with something that might make uh, shorten or uh, end another player's career. So also, also Marty, if, if, uh, if I remember correctly, Fights have also been banned. Okay. Uh, be this year, so nobody yeah. can come running out onto the field, which I think would be all the more enticement to do a little headhunting. <laughs> I suppose I, I I hadn't thought of that angle, but no, that that that's true. But um, I'm I'm I, I I hate where those things go. I really do because you, you you do that and you you start messing with guys' careers and 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 uh, uh, the uh, the veteran players that are, that already have 150 200 million dollars in the bank they don't have to be out there to to feed their families you know so uh, Tony Canigliaro still haunts you doesn't it it does indeed <laughs> it does indeed and, and and any player who's ever been 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 hit in the head uh, is is certainly certainly going to going to tell you that they it's it's not a chance that someone's willing to take i just i just think that in a in under conditions like this i really wonder how many pitchers are going to uh, are going to want to do that if if they're 
if their uh, their camaraderie for their their brother players is uh, is is as strong or uh, stronger than their uh, their team team loyalty. So you think some of the unwritten rules of the game might not be closely adhered to in this short season? I I I don't know. I, I hope my my belief is that things things were trending toward uh, toward being better in that regard. I mean, uh, it's uh, you, you know the bat flips and the and the the home run trots. Uh, uh, those, those things have become a part of the game, and uh, to to um, to very um, to very try and shame the players out of doing those things. But for 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 those who are the the baseball purists, like like say Yadier Molina, uh, people like that who would want to take take it matters into their own hands, I think it just makes them look a lot worse uh, when they they basically take the fun out of the game, you know. And uh, I think if the teams agree that they're not going to run uh, out on the field and fight each other because somebody carries the bat to first base on a home run, then, uh, you know, fine. Let's just, <laughs> let's, let's just put on a show. I, I really think that the main, I really think that the main uh, motivation for Commissioner Manfred and the owners is that they want to put on a good show this season for people to watch on TV, and and I think they want to make sure that they have uh, have as much scoring and and as much uh, as much baseball action as possible, and as as little inside baseball as possible. So what about all right? So what about because I have a question and then I have an idea because I know you hate upon this whole runner at second base to start the twelfth inning thing, right? What about the home run hitting contest instead of extra innings? Because isn't it really just all about the dingers? Sure, why not? I guess. I, I mean, <laughs> my, my my belief, honestly, my belief is that in in a short season, a long season, ties are okay. And furthermore, when you have to play the extra innings only in the postseason, it makes those games all the more epic. Uh, and, well, you remember and, they remember the, the NFL used to have sudden death overtime only in the the, the playoffs, uh, and uh, that you know that that's why the, the the 1958 NFL championship game is the greatest game ever played because it was the first game that ever was went to overtime. So uh, imagine imagine if the extra innings were all that much more special. Uh, because they came well, in postseason. Well, and I mean, and for the dinger contest, and this is not my idea, I'm getting to that, but I mean, you could have like some rock and jock softball motifs in there, like yeah. a big target right over left center field that says this home run is worth three points, you know, or like a big picture of Will Smith and, you know, on the right field foul pole on the top of it, that if you hit it, like Will comes out and gives you a trophy. I mean, those sorts of things would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> human, human pinball. That's, that's um, that's, you haven't listened to my idea yet. And, and so my other idea is called the Stealing Home Shootout. And so it's shootout rules. Each team gets five guys, presumably the fastest, but it doesn't have to be. And... The, the greater number that successfully steal home 
on the other team's pitcher, and it would have to be the pitcher who ends the game in the ninth inning wins. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, that 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 sounds like a sounds like some commissioner Manfred might think of. <laughs> it would be sure it would it would replace it would replace it would replace the, the, the risk of coronavirus with the risk of concussions, uh, blown out knees. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, definitely, you definitely have the old. Uh, that comes with stealing home. Well, yeah, you, de- you definitely have the, the collisions. You know, you have the collisions at the plate rules to uh, to contend with there. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you can collide at home if you're stealing home. Yes, you. I I I, I understand, but they they. Uh, uh, doesn't the catcher also have to give the runner a lane? Well, I'm not I'm on the steal of home. I'm not sure because you I, thought, I, I think the, the steal of home is the same as any other play. Right. So, and, and on any other play, that the, the catcher has to give the the catcher has to give the runner a lane, but at the same time, they have to be able to. Uh, I mean, once they have once they're in possession of the ball, they can block the plate. So it's a matter of how quickly the catcher can get the ball and block the plate before the the runner gets there. Um, but yeah, I mean, sure, it's a fine. It's it, it's a it's a fine way to, a fine skills competition to have if you want to have a skills competition. Here's what you do. First, I just reconciled myself to the DH within the past year, so I'm a little bit of a late starter on this one. But I say, okay, have the universal DH, but if you do have the home run contest at the side games, have the pitchers hit. <laughs> there okay. you go. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you know, if we're gonna have the if we're gonna have the universal DH, I mean, to be honest with you, the next the next logical selection, uh, next logical progression is that we're going to have platoons like uh, in the NFL. Uh, so you, you'd have a, you'd have a defensive team and then you'd have a batting order and they could be mutually exclusive. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you're, you're saying and, that and, like and, and, and it, you know, you could, you could, <laughs> you could swap between the two and, 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 and make it more likely that the manager could try, could bring up the, their best hitter in the bottom of the ninth. That's something that commissioner wanted to talk about at least, uh, at least a year and a half ago, I think he said something about, boy, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if the manager could, could bring up his best hitter no matter what? Yeah. All right. So, why so why Mark, do you oppose Herb Washington having a career? <laughs> Marty, what? I mean, I mean, getting back to what you said, getting back to what you said earlier in the podcast, you don't see any league championship being completed in 2020. I, I have I have a great I, I have a great fear that they that there will not be any great that there will be any league championship in 2020. I hope I'm wrong, but I I, I it, it the the idea the idea of of players getting on I think I, I get it just it just depends on on whether players get get sick. I mean the, I mean we already see it with these various states who obviously have opened prematurely and foolishly yes. is that we're seeing large states like Florida, Texas roll back their yes. openings. Yes. And I guess I guess one yes. one thought I have is that when we're talking about like the NBA, WNBA, you know, Major League Baseball's doing all their things in home ballparks. Yes. Why why not why why do you think these sports leagues or do you think it may be something they do? decide to get away from some of these states that are having big upswings and instead, you know, 
aren't there enough basketball courts in the greater New York City area for the entire NBA to play? I mean, if we're not going to have fans, what about, you know, what about baseball stadiums? You could essentially have the uh, New York Penn League circuit be all of Major League Baseball if you throw in the, the stadiums in Maryland. All Major League stadiums have to be up to Major League standards. So why are they doing all this, especially since there's no fans? Well, I think they're going to have to – they're just probably measuring the cost of, of – they'll have to measure the cost of relocating and travel, traveling, that's all, as opposed to whether they're going to make a uh, – whether make a profit by staying where they are or whether if they're going to cut their losses by by shutting down. I mean, the, the, the whole – the whole decision-making process, considering that it's the owners and 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 Major League Baseball that that enforced this season on everyone, uh, if the owners, if you were if you were the owner of a Major League Baseball team and you felt like you had to make money this season and you knew it at at, at a that there was going to be a breaking point where no matter what you did you were still going to lose money, uh, would you would you rather cut your losses there or would you rather uh, try and move and spend, you know, make another investment in relocation and hope that you'll get better results there. Um, I, I also, I also have to think they, they have to figure out where that, where the money is coming from. If everyone has already paid uh, 200 bucks to have the at bat app for the season, then major league baseball already has that money and that's guaranteed revenue that they know what, that they know where it is. But uh, you know, at some point they have the, the teams have to be looking at more incidental sources of revenue, or they're going to have to be looking for something that's that's going to keep them keep them afloat during a season, especially when they've already signaled that that they're fine with uh, they're fine with starting and stopping, uh, that it's going to be less damaging economically to them than not playing at all. Well, so- I have one more question related to revenue, and that's. Do you see any particular trends either accelerating or decelerating because of COVID-19? I know there's been obviously a lot of conversation around the future of minor league baseball and farm systems. Is there anything else you'd point to as being particularly something to to watch uh, in light of uh, what might be occurring with uh, revenue in uh, baseball in the next couple of years? Yeah, yeah, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to look at at, uh, the fact there's there's not going to be a minor league season this year. Um, And... So if you are not on, <clears throat> if you're not on the 60 man, uh, 60 man cloud or bubble or whatever they're calling it, the 60 man pool of players, then you're not making any money this season. And if you're, if you're in, uh, if you're in a ball or, you know, short season rookie ball, um, you don't have any money. So you're, you're out looking for a job in the same job market as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, as I said before, the guys who are on these 60-man pools—not uh, all of them, but a lot of them—especially on the teams that are uh, that are not so good and not expecting to do so well—are uh, there are a lot of guys who may not have a chance to play baseball in the major leagues until, uh, ex- except for this year. And if they if they don't do well, then they, they go back to the minor leagues, and maybe their position in the minor leagues may be eliminated, or or at least another one. Um, baseball is contracting its minor leagues, and um, uh, you know you, you have to wonder if some if uh, owners of teams that are contracted are going to think it's financially viable for them to open up as a as an independent league team. If we're going to see more uh, of of the the independent leagues springing up to accommodate those players, or or if uh, uh, 
uh, you know, the, the major league player, the, the, the major leaguers are think major league teams are thinking, well, you know, we we're, we're fine having, you know, college as our low farm system. And then we'll have, bring them on up for the other, the, the higher farm system, because, you know, with the, uh, I, I think, you know, whatever the, the, the owners decide is going to be their, their less, their, the least upfront cost investment for them to make in a player uh, is, is, is what's going to, what's going to happen. So yeah, you'll see a lot smaller minor leaguers, a, a lot smaller minor leagues, fewer minor league teams. And uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, guys aren't guys in the, in the low A, the low A ball and the, the short season ball are going to have a real hard time uh, uh, sticking around, especially if they're going to have to compete against guys who are coming out of the draft next year. So question, question I have as we start to wind down a little bit, um, the fan experience. I mean, I, I, I can't, I, Jason, I don't know if you have ever been, but I know at least Marty and I have been season ticket holders to, to major league sports teams. And, you know, if we're not going to have a season with, with our team playing in the stadiums, you know, I, I do understand that, that, you know, there will be options to get refunds or credit for the next year's tickets, but do you foresee or have you heard about any, any teams like offering like some sort of enhanced fan experience to, to season ticket holders as opposed to general public? I've, I've not, that'd be an interesting situation. Um, uh, you know the the one thing I think that the that the the owners are are focused on is that in a situation where people are staying home and the only chance that they have to watch baseball is to watch on television that they're going to have a lot of eyeballs on the TV people viewing their teams. Um, so I think that's that's the constant. That's the constant that they're counting on this season to get them through is to have people watching the games uh, on TV. Um, if, if you have invested money in a season ticket, I've, I've always expected more from a team uh, than just a seat uh, in the stadium. If I've gone ahead and if I've, I've gone ahead and made the investment of, of a whole season or, or, or a personal seat license. Uh, so yeah. And I think a lot of teams uh understand that um i wonder it's 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 interesting what they're going to what they're going to offer people and uh also what the what the uh the effect of legalized gambling is on what they're going to offer people i mean per perhaps perhaps they'll offer season ticket holders a, a chance to uh to, to wager on the games before uh other before other people uh, well i guess i see two examples where i guess i could see this this thing maybe being a thing and, you know, who knows if baseball's trying to do anything or if the NFL's trying to do anything. But on some of the European League soccer games, I, I see that in the goal areas, teams have erected huge video boards with, you know, pictures of fans who are looking on. So somehow right. those are enabled through their webcam. And I'm not sure if those fans are getting some sort of enhanced experience oh. in the living room. And I also know that the NBA uh, last season, and at least for this season before the shutdown, had something called a, a virtual courtside feature 
where you could, for a small fee, five bucks, 10 bucks, you could watch the game through a webcam that was stationed at courtside of your team's arena. Sure. Uh, I did try it one time because I got a little free coupon to try it, and I tried watching a Boston game, and the webcam was choppy and not very good, but you know, that's probably a bandwidth issue and seems to me like that could be an enhancement. It, pr it probably could. And I think, you know, also, you know, and in what we we're in what we we're talking about earlier uh, with, with media access being uh, uh, limited and severely curtailed. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's possible that the teams could, uh, try and fill that experience that the media is not providing for people right now to give them some enhancements and 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 some uh, up close and personal kinds of experiences to the games. Those those would be good enhancements that you could offer, or you could you know you could offer some fans the same. I'm I'm sure there there will have to be some enhanced uh, viewing capabilities for the media. You know, for example, so they would know you know the the, the stats uh, that are being compiled. And uh, they, they, you know, probably might, might want to have access to replays of, of key plays, uh, things like that. So, yeah, so, you know, you, you allow, uh, the, you know, the fans who are paying uh, for the, the super premium season tickets, they might, get, you know, have those, have those screens as well. I mean, they wouldn't be as interactive as the ones with the, uh, as the actual medias, but they'd be getting the same information. It's like in, in the, uh, I mean, at Nats Park, the, 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 the season ticket holders for the the um, the lower the lower seats right next to home plate. You go back in the you go back in the clubhouse there, and you're actually right next to the interview room. So you know in the in the real world, those folks have access to the pregame and postgame interview sessions that the managers put on. So you know that's that's an example again where you could put you know you can you can get, you could give something to the fans that are that are paying for the premium tickets. Yeah, I I think. I think they deserve that. I will say this as a former Washington Mystics season ticket holder of multiple seasons, there is no substitute to sitting right there by the sidelines and getting flipped off by uh, LA Sparks player, Latasha Byers for being too loud a Mystics fan. All right. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I look, I, I'd rather have the players uh, get mad at me than my, than my fellow fans who, who uh, <laughs> the ones that always seem to find me and, and, be offended by me when it's the, it's the bottom of the ninth inning and my team has a chance to win and I'm yelling to distract the pitcher and uh, nobody, nobody seems to care. <laughs> I never knew you were a, a mystic season ticket holder. I was, I was, I was actually present for their win against the sparks in their three and 27 season. Still the, the, the best sports uh, event I've ever attended, just the camaraderie and the sheer, I can't believe we did that <laughs> uh, element of the moment. It was fantastic. Yeah, I was for about, gosh, four years, maybe five years. Were any of those league-leading attendance banners in the rafters you? I was going in – yes, those were the years I was going until I, I dropped off actually at about the time. Apparently about a third of the fans dropped off. So uh, it was unfortunate, but uh, but it was it was always a very uh, – it was a very warm environment to, to be in. So – um, you know, a great fan experience. Yeah, I had been, and it was fun as well. And it was great to see them win the championship this year. That was awesome. That was that was a lot of fun. Jason, yeah. you have any 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 questions as we wind up? 
just have one last question. Uh, so, uh, Marty, thinking about, let's go to the star level for a moment, either current star or maybe faded star. Um, who do you think is the player who's going to be most hosed by a 60-game season? Anyone due for a huge year, a big turnaround year? Um, well, one of the age 27 players? Well, I mean, any, any, any of the Yankees sluggers who, who are uh, coming off injury seasons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure those guys would like to be able to play as many games as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, and then you got, you got guys like, uh, like Mike Trout. Uh, I mean, he can be, I think he falls out of bed and hits, right? He just, you know, that's just, that's just how he is. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I, I think, you know, vet, veteran players uh, might have a tough time getting going. Um, mm-hmm. And, and because of the short season, if they don't, they might have to, they might find a younger guy in their, in their place. Um, but you know, I mean, a season like this, I, I, I just, I still think that, uh, you know, in, in, in looking forward and, in looking at a team and evaluating the teams, I think you want, you still want to value, uh, you want to value strong pitching and experience management and, uh, and, de- and defense. Um, and yeah, I mean, good defense is going to be good defense in a, in a 60 game season or a 162 game season, because, uh, I mean, that, that's, how, that's how that works. You're either good on defense or you're not. So, uh, uh, but, you know, hitting comes and goes. And so I just think, uh, you know, consistent, uh, consistent markers like that, uh, pitching, defense, experience management, uh, those are going to be the teams and players that are going to do well. Well, well, who is it? Is it Cabrera or Pujols or, or is it both? who are right near, like, four away from a major home run milestone, like it, 500 or 600? It might be. Well, I, I saw I saw Albert Pujols' 500th home run. It came at Nats Park. Um, He's when, getting close to 600. When he was with the Cardinals, he might be getting close to 600. Yeah. Yeah, I, I – I, So I he don't know. If a, player, if a player plays this year and happens to hit a milestone – it, he hits not, two home runs. He, he needs to get four. He hits two. Then he strains an oblique and is on the injured list. It's not called the DL anymore for three weeks. Then eight Arizona Diamondbacks come up with the virus, and they can the whole season. I don't know, Marty. It's not looking good for Pujols. No, not looking good, but he's going to have to – someone will give him a chance to hit the milestone. <laughs> well, he's he's four short of Willie Mays' number, so he's at 656. He's four short of Willie Mays. Well, yeah, sure, someone should give Albert Pujols a chance to, to pass Willie Mays. It doesn't happen this year. I, I, I mean, I, I wonder I wonder about, you know, milestones that happened in this season. People say, oh, yeah, but it happened in the COVID year. I mean, but yeah, also, also think about so, someone is going to play their last game of major league baseball in their whole career this season um <laughs> it's bound to happen um yep. and, and you, you know wonders is that is that how you want to go out just with 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 the game going on for the sake of going on or or if you know you want to go out with with cheering in your in yeah, your ears you know ryan, ryan zimmerman is is now he said he, he made a big point to say he's not retiring at this point but it's very well possible that he could have played his last game for the Nats. And at least we know that his last game was a, a victory in game seven of the world series. So, um, 
you know. Does I this, guess it, Marty, does this, does this mark the official start of Ryan Zimmerman retirement watch for you? Well, sure it does. But, uh, you know, he's not going to say anything about it until, uh, until it's time to sign a contract for next season. So there are so many things that can happen between now and then. And I honestly think that, I mean, for Ryan Zimmerman personally, he, he's already said he doesn't need to play baseball uh, to, to feed his family or, 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 or to, to, to survive. And, and so, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he retires, but I'm not going to be looking out for an announcement every day. It, it, it will come at an opportune time and, and it should come at a time when the, the Nats can uh, honor him and when as many fans as possible can honor him. Marty, thank you for being such an outstanding guest. This has been a fun show. Uh, tell all the listeners and viewers out there how they can get closer to the world of Marty Nyland, well, a website, a blog, a anything that you do. Yes, thanks. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I, I currently blog for Federal Baseball, and that's at federalbaseball.com. Um, and um, and uh, on Twitter, I am MartyBall98. And uh, I am usually, when I'm tweeting, I'm usually tweeting about baseball and, uh, and the Nats. Um, but I do tweet about other topics sometimes. So um, just uh, take, take what you like. And Marty, I'm going to tell you this in closing. There is going to be one championship that's going to be decided this year. The Triple Crown. The Triple Crown. There you go. Yes, it will. The and, uh, well, we, we already know that there's not going to be a triple crown. So, right? Or Yeah, there is. Right. We don't know. No, we have to wait. We have to wait until we have to wait until September to oh, find well, out. Yeah, we have to wait until September, right? Yeah. But we already, we already yeah, ran the Belmont. I'm still, good. Yeah, I'm still not used to them being out of sequence. So, <laughs> so okay. So, well, thanks Martin, for having me on, Bill. It's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. It seems like, it seems like for tonight's closing, and maybe this is a new thing. Who knows? But let's let. Why not, Marty? What are you doing for the July Fourth holiday? I uh, I have not uh, I've not yet determined that. There's got, got lot lot going on in the family, Bill, and uh, we 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 need to to see where the pieces fall uh, before. Family is always important. Jay, Jason, what what do your what do your July Fourth plans entail? Uh, let's see. Uh, grilling. And uh, probably getting banned for some more Facebook groups. I, I don't, that's always a safe guess. Oh, excellent. Will these be Howard County Facebook groups? Oh, you bet, Bill. Are there, there are still Howard County Facebook groups that you have not been banned from? <laughs> Hard to believe, but true. Damn. Well, you got to keep that perfect record going. I'm not going to ask Mr. Young what he's doing because he's just gesticulating <laughs> back and forth. Plus, he'd be more of a Canada Day guy, and that's Wednesday. Uh, I, I myself am, am uh, going to uh, find some place where smoke bombs are legal, and that's about all I got. Mm -hmm. So we, we wish everybody a, a uh, happy uh, celebration of America's 244th birthday. Uh, if indeed there is a huge military parade on the mall, uh, please avoid it. And as always, uh, Black Lives Matter and say their names. So I'm Bill Woodcock. And I'm Jason Booms. And with Marty Nyland. I'm Marty Nyland. <laughs> and Mr. Neil Young, still <laughs> doing those same three chords. You have been watching or listening 
to another uh, edition of Forward Maryland. Enjoy your holiday. We'll be back at you next week. Take care. Bye now.